going to do the prayers of intercession first, if that's okay uh, with everybody. Just want to query who put the first one in. Is it Park Works or Pork Works or something else? Are almost done. Play Park. And I said thank you to Josh. Okay. The Park Works. I wasn't quite sure, you know, in case there was something else. I am going to put a sign up this morning. Roy and I had a very, very long day that I will share with you a little bit about later on. Up at five, back at seven, all the way up to Yorkshire. And I do have this in our room, Caution Senior Moment in Progress, which I have shared with one or two people. If I get words back to front, or I say the wrong thing, please excuse me. So I'm going to pop that up there, just as a reminder, old lady brain sometimes. Uh, so in our prayer book, we've got the park works are almost done, so Josh has been working very hard putting the ramp in so that it can be accessed um, with prams, and the children getting down there safely, and he's worked in really terrible conditions sometimes, so we do thank him for that. Uh, for Reboot, the stories, all the work that's going on with that, and for church growth. It was so exciting last week. We thought if most people had been here, and some had got other things to do last week, there would have, well, there was over, I think, 86 of us here, and there would have been 100. So for church growth, let's continue to thank God for that. Requests, our families and our friends who don't know Jesus, you know, that really needs to be an important thing on our hearts. And for wisdom and guidance. For Margaret and Hazel, for Shirley and Ken and Mick and Brian, we continue to pray and bring them to God. Ethel, who's not well. Uh, Chelsea Harris, uh, this young girl, uh, only five, goes to Northfield Road, Paul's family know her through other ways, um, very poorly with leukaemia, going through treatment, that is incredibly difficult for parents. Let's, you know, really, really pray um, over this. For Phyllis, um, Roy's mom, <laughs> it's definitely a senior moment in progress here because I put your dad, sorry, I put Roy's dad, and Phyllis is obviously not uh, Roy's dad. Uh, she's not well, and we're going out there soon to see her. The Oakley's uh, little Josh has got chicken pox. I don't know how far it has spread, spread see what I mean, uh, spread through the family. And obviously, you know, Kevin's struggling with some stuff. Um, and let's pray for Beck and AIDS. Their car was stolen uh, from outside the house in the week. That is an awful thing to happen. All right, let's pray over them. And Beck, obviously, with some concerns around her pregnancy. And, yes, and Chris and Valda. So let's pray. Uh, Lord God, we thank you that you know all things. Uh, you see all things. Uh, you know every situation that's recorded in our prayer book. And, Lord God, we bring these people to you. Uh, we just pray into lives we ask for your guidance, Lord God, give us that sensitivity so that we know when to be there, when to stand alongside people. And Lord, there are some really, really difficult situations recorded in this book um, for little Chelsea and her family. And Lord God, for the, the difficult day-by-day -day things that they have got to do for keeping together 
for done allowing that to overwhelm. Lord God, we pray into that situation. But we pray, uh, as we have sung this morning, for a miracle, Lord God. We know that you can do that. And we just bring Chelsea and her family to you. And we pray over Beck. Um, and Lord God, at this difficult time when she's got three weeks before this baby is due, she's in and out of hospital, that, that process uh, working with the insurance might go smoothly. Because Lord God, we know in the practical, in the emotional, uh, in the physical, Lord God, you are King and Lord of all. So we just hand it over to you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I'd like to read to you, first of all, from um, a devotions reading that I've found quite challenging over the last few days. Um, the reading was from the 17th of January. It has been on my heart and in my mind. And I'll just share what's written in here first and then talk you through some of the things uh, that I feel God's laid on my heart about it. The big heading is Wellspring or Cesspit. On our journey yesterday, we weren't quite sure whether there was a cesspit nearby because the stench was awful when we were outside um, the barracks in Harrogate. Uh, there was a dreadful smell. So a cesspit is not a nice place to be. It is not something you want inside of you or near you. That Wellspring is pure fresh water that comes and bubbles up within. So the author's saying, wellspring or cesspit. In Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. In biblical language, the heart is the center of the human spirit from which springs motivations, thoughts, emotions, courage, and action. If we don't guard our heart, we're going to be in trouble. When Leonardo da Vinci was painting his masterpiece, The Last Supper, he needed a model for his Christ. He tracked down a chorister called Pietro Bandinelli, or something similar, in one of the churches of Rome, who was boyishly attractive and fresh-faced. The painting took years to complete. In fact, da Vinci turned his hands to other works until eventually he determined to finish it. He painted all the disciples except Judas. So now he was looking for a face which was hardened and distorted by sin. He came across a beggar who welcomed an easy way of making some money by just sitting there in front of da Vinci. Once they were finished, da Vinci said, I've not yet found out your name. I am Pietro Bandinelli, he replied. I also sat for your model of Christ. So he sat for both portraits. Now, whether that story is true or not, it's a tragedy when innocence is corrupted, when beauty is distorted. Maybe I have a heightened sensitivity to this because I always come back from Africa into Western culture in a very abrupt way, within a few hours on a plane. 
I am amazed about how many followers of Christ don't guard their hearts. We will watch anything on TV and read the most trashy magazines without discerning that their impact is to turn our wellspring into a cesspit. How can we possibly hope to stay spiritually sharp and sensitive if we constantly allow rubbish to blunt our cutting edge? Please, please, guard your heart. It is the wellspring of life. What goes in comes out. If you feed it rubbish or trash, that will come out. What is this doing to my heart? It's a good question to ask in any given situation. I'll come back to the end of that uh, after I've shared some thoughts with you. Guarding my heart, it just really struck home to me and made me think, and I wasn't quite sure exactly what it meant. I'm not sure, though I absolutely know now. But I wanted to find out more. And I think I could explore it over a, a number of sessions uh, in church. It's such a big subject, really. But I just want to share um, a few things with you. I'm going to read, first of all, if um, we can get that up on the screen, from Proverbs. And it's, get wisdom at any cost. Are we there? Proverbs 4. Right, and we're starting at verse 18. Right. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son... Pay attention, or my daughter, obviously, my child. Pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them in your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity, Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. So depending what translation you read it from, Proverbs 4. Verse 23, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And that's the man that wrote that book, chose to use that, the wellspring of life. In another translation, it says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And another one, above all else, guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. Above all else, right? Means it's pretty important 
Like really something that God wants us uh, to get our minds around. What does it actually mean? Uh, we're going to explore that a little bit this morning. And I've got to say thank you to the experiences that I've had this week. Um, to writers uh, that have read their notes about this. For illustrations that I've been given for Roy, because he's always got something interesting to say on these things. But the Bible, most of all, the word of God is what we should refer to. God is a verb. Now, I had to do lots of grammar at school, and it's gone back full cycle, hasn't it, to this. The children at primary school have got grammar coming out of their ears, whether they understand it or not, whether they want to do it or not. But God is a verb. Right? So the kids will know that. To God is a doing or a being thing. That's what a verb is. And it requires action. Right? And that's really important for us this morning. It requires action. It means to look after, to protect, to take care of, to shield, protecting your heart. I think that's something that I want to focus on a little bit this morning. And now my family knows a bit about this. Right, and John will know this. Our family do not tend to go through lung illnesses. They go very quickly. Right? Um, my granddad, age 51, went to work. That was it. Uh, my dad's brother, 53, gone. Uh, another granddad, just 60. My mum's brother, 62. Been hard, that is hard. So we think quite a bit in the family about the health of our heart. We've had treatment. My dad had a heart attack when he was only 54, 55. Lived till he was 85. But he learned a lot about how to care for his heart, how to protect it. A heart pumps blood around our body at a pretty amazing rate. And I'm not sure, but those of you that have done science know that it's a considerable number of litres that have to get around your body. It feeds every cell in your body. Right? It is important. A faulty heart leads to health, 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 function properly. Dad appeared fit. My sister Jane... Um, who most of you know. She's on statins already for a heart. She's four years younger than me. She's got calcification around her heart, and things aren't good. Right, so we know about these things. What's our response uh, to that? Right, I know in my dad's case, it was get fit, do a lot of exercise, right, healthy eating, and medication. And he knew that, and he took that course, and he looked after his heart. We need to value our physical heart, but this isn't what the verse is talking about. But I think it gives us some clues, really, about what we need to do when God tells us to guard our heart. The Bible talks about our heart as the center 
the core, the essence of all we are and do. Our thoughts, actions, our motives, our conversations, our reactions, and it's these that we need to guard, to look after, to protect, to take care of, and to shield. Our hearts can be broken, joyful, divided, grieving, troubled. I'm sure you can add to the list of this. We need to give more attention, I really believe, uh, in our church about what God says about the state of our heart. It's key to everything else that we do. And he gives us clear prescriptions if you like, and exercises, but then we need to make the right choices. And I've written down this in my notes in bold. We need to make the right choices. That part is our responsibility. And, you know, over and over again, God's been speaking to us about this over the last few weeks, you know, making choices to look foolish to be weird, you know, to hang on to hope when everything around us seems to be going pear-shaped and wrong. God has been speaking to us and said, we need to make choices. Now, a silly example for me as a chocoholic, right? Christmas and into the new year has been very difficult. We have had so many boxes of chocolates. I have tried to distribute them. Daniel has helped us to eat them, so I'm not so inflicted, and the, and the rest of the family, right, and anybody that comes in. And we've enjoyed those, but I know putting a box of chocolates in front of me is a temptation. The kids at school, and I've shared this with you before, knew that as a little bit of encouragement, and we're not encouraged to do this so much these days because of uh, healthy eating. I used to keep lots of Freddos, you know, little chocolate bars in my jaw. And the children would very often know that when I went to get one out of the drawer, they'd all gone, because they knew that I'd eaten them. You know, I couldn't keep them. The temptation was there. We need to make wise choices. And to remember that our battles aren't other people's battles. We have our own choices to make. And Ruth prayed about, you know, that God speaks to us individually. There is something this morning that he wants to say to you. You know, take hold of it. So how do we do it? You know, first and most importantly, we need to align ourselves with God's will and what he says in his word. We need to understand his position, if you like, on guarding and protecting our hearts. And it, there's a thread that runs all through scripture that you know, elaborates and talks about this. So we need to align ourselves with the word of God. Now, I know that I have shared this illustration before in church in a completely different talk, but it just really comes back to me lots, and it's about nuclear submarines, all right? Interesting, if you've ever seen one sort of going along on the surface, obviously, if it's been under the ocean, you have not seen it, hopefully. It may have been detected by somebody else. But they consist of some of the most amazing technology on Earth. 
right? They have to because of what their job is. And these incredible military vessels can stay underwater for 90 days. Right, so have you got that? 90 days, quite a long time. But every 90 days, whether they feel like it or not, right, the submarine must resurface, right? Not, not recovered or painted. It's got to come to the top of the water uh, to maintain proper alignment with the North Star. While it's underwater, uh, the submarine's navigational system is affected by the Earth's magnetic forces. And because these submarines carry missiles of mass destruction, they have to pay really, really close attention to keeping the navigational equipment aligned to the true reference point of the North Star, right? Because the magnetic North Star and the geographical are different, so they have to resurface. And I think the nuclear submarine provides an excellent picture of our heart. Just as the submarine may have enough physical provisions like food and water or fuel to survive, it can't perform at its highest level or complete its mission without maintaining proper alignment with its true reference points. Your heart is the navigational equipment of your life. It must stay aligned with God. And there was a lot about that in that, the whole of that reading that we read together. By guiding you, God's got such wonderful things in store. And by guarding your heart, you stay locked on, if you like, uh, to God's will and the will springs of life. There's things that can flow up within you. Yesterday, we went on a journey with Connor, right, Roy's youngest son, up to Harrogate. Most of will, will know he's at Military Preparation College in Dudley. We're really pleased he's there. And he's getting ready to go in the army. He's done all the tests. It's what he wants to do. Um, and yesterday was an open day for parents so that we could actually go and have a look around the facilities and learn a little bit more about what goes on there. And it was a fascinating day. And I said at the beginning, God spoke to me through experiences over the last uh, few weeks. And certainly there was so much yesterday that I could relate to this. And when I went into the back just before the service, um, I found this. Right, thanks to whoever painted that. I think it was during 24-7 uh, prayer. And it says there's an army rising up. Right? We want to be part of God's army, but to do that, we have got to guard our hearts and we've got to grow in him. Connor has had to sign up. He's read all about it. He has listened, sometimes reluctantly, I have to say, to Roy's experiences. When Roy tried to tell him something, um, he said, well, that's the Australian army. That was years ago. 
right? But there's so many things that are still the same within the armed forces. But then he's had to make, after doing all that, he's had to make a decision to get on with it, right? To choose this path. Now, another silly example, I know, but you can read, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but you can read all the facts about kissing somebody, right? And sort of, if you read it up and look at the dictionary and the clinical definitions of it, the pressing together of two sets of lips, so not just your own, two sets of lips, and the inevitable exchange of saliva. Right, that's what it be said scientifically. It sounds horrible, doesn't it? And mandible, some people say, instead of two sets of lips. But to enjoy it. Right? And I enjoy kissing Roy in a different way to I kiss the other people in my family. But to enjoy it and get all the benefits, you have to be bold enough to experience it, to practice it. Right? That's hard when you're younger. I don't know why, but um, my teenage years were full of experiences rather than being on my mobile phone. Right? I think to prepare ourselves for future relationships, we spent a lot of time playing postman's knock and kissing a lot of people. Right? For those of you that don't know the game, perhaps go and you know, have a look on your mobile phone and research it and find out what it is. Basically, you've got boys and girls in a room, uh, one of the boys went out, he gave all the girls a number, boy came back in, said a number, had to kiss the girl in front of everybody else, all right? Bit scary, I have to say. I have had the experience of kissing <laughs> your uh, daughter's father-in-law, right? John Ball played Postman's Knock with him and some others. So it's very interesting, uh, but... <laughs> Then you enjoy the benefits later, don't you? And I think learning to be a soldier, um, as well as learning as a Christian to guard your heart, will include those things, you know, making that decision, practicing. Which also includes pain and suffering sometimes, as well as all the exciting and enjoyable stuff. And we found out yesterday when we went um, up to Harrogate, you know, lots of these young people will have gone through this. They'll have studied the facts. They'll have made that decision uh, to join up. They will have discussed it with other people. They may, like Connor, have had the opportunity to do practice at a preparation college, and they're there for a while and they drop out. Because it is difficult. It's hard to do. You have to practice there's an amount of suffering within that, that training, and some drop out. And I think that's a fair reflection of the Christian church. There are lots of people that start that journey. They look at the facts. They give their heart to God, but then they don't do the next part of it. They don't do, if you like, that training, that guarding of their heart. And you will know someone who's given their heart to God and then fallen away and have rejected that. We saw some things up at Harrogate, and just very quickly, because I know time's going, share some of those things with you, because they tallied so much 
with what we need to do as Christians as we guard our hearts, as we move on through the ex experience, as we train ourselves to be aligned with God's word. The first thing that we did up there um, was to listen to a talk. Everybody was in, in a theatre. And really, it was to recognise, this was the main message, how important and valuable this training was. Um, the first thing said to us was about the value of the time spent at Harrogate Foundation College for a junior soldier. It outlined all the benefits. Now, how can we do that um, as Christians? We need to get into the word of God. Uh, we need to discover for ourselves the value, the wellspring, the treasure, and then get on with it. And one of the key messages I kept saying over and over again was, and don't give up. Right, the values that are shared with the army. And I think, you know, we're an army rising up, and the army values are courage, discipline, integrity, loyalty, respect for others, and the last one, the big one, and I think this applies to us so much um, as Christians, selfless commitment. And those values are everywhere around that college. Recognise, please recognise this morning how important and valuable it is to guard your heart, to be aligned with what God has got planned for you. The next little bit, exercise program and food. Right, please note, right, if you are not too fit, right, Connor and all those other junior soldiers and recruits will have to get themselves up to basic performance level. Right, I think that's a good message for us, isn't it? Basic performance level. Guard yourself. Right, they said, work hard, watch the trash, right? Make sure you get the right things in and you keep away from the things that you don't need. I have to say, right, they have said to us, and we will come back and tell you whether this is true or not, that your young person, when they come back from college at weekends, right, will no longer be on their mobile phone all the time you're having food together, right? They will be able to join in conversations and talk with you. This is what you said, didn't you, Roy? Right, the, the PTI man, the physical training instructor. He um, said conversations change. They only allowed their mobile phone for half an hour a day. For some people here, right, that would be utter torture. Right, so there is suffering and pain in learning to be a soldier. It will be the same as we move on in our journey. Recognise as you guard your heart uh, the stuff that's going in. Right, get the right stuff in and sort of protect yourself. Recognise what that trash is. I think it's hard for us in this day and age sometimes to recognise the rubbish that's around us and we accept it and we go with it. Really important. But the next thing, we went off to little groups, right? Um, the first one, and we were dithering, I have to say. It was so cold. We were outside. Um, drill, first aid, and weapons. And I thought, this is, this is great. Like the drill, you have to listen carefully 
So we had a demonstration of this little group of junior soldiers marching backwards and forwards, turning when they should stand into attention at ease, stand easy, all these things, and they had to listen so carefully. And they practised it every day. Oh, what a great message for us, you know. Listen to what God's saying to us, you know, practice it every day. Um, when things go wrong, when you're injured and hurt, and we all get that, God doesn't promise like, you yeah, become a Christian, everything is wonderful. doesn't promise that. We go through difficult times, all of us, and there's nobody here that hasn't been through some tough times. First aid, right? We need that, don't we? We need to know what to do when things go wrong, when we're struggling, when we're injured. And God has got so much to say about this. And we need to be open and share with others. And then there were the weapons, right? So this is all under this big canopy thing. And I thought... Oh, yeah, we need the full armour of God. So all of these things were going on. I'm thinking about what Connor's going to do, but thinking about it in terms of us, you know, God in our heart, being aligned with God, being that army for him to rise up. He wants us to get going. Then, across the parade ground, I spotted the church. And I said to Roy, there's a church over there. And then our guide person said, and now we're going to the church. <laughs> so it was brilliant. We went over there, and it was so central um, to that foundation college. So central. Um, I was surprised at what the Padre had to say. I know um, Ruth and Hannah's uh, granddad was a Padre in the army, and he was actually chaplain out in Burma and India in that way. And my dad met him when he was out there. It's just incredible, you know, how God brings these things together. But he spoke so powerfully, you know, about within the army, the pastoral care, the fellowship, knowing where to go, who to talk to uh, for help, for fellowship, and the importance of that. And I thought, yeah, we want to guard our hearts. We want to be aligned with what God says. We need that as well. We need those things. Then we went to the welfare centre, right? Play together. Enjoy one another's company. There's a shop for hairdressers. And make space to know one another. That was the message they were saying then. I thought, cool, we're doing some stuff like that, aren't we? You know what um, Ruth and Josh shared with us this morning? About enjoying one another's company as well. And making space and time for that. It is so important as we want to guard our hearts. Then we went to the accommodation block. We'd been told they'd got to sleep in rooms with 12, so I was expecting it to be, to be like the wards of years ago, you know, at the hospital, sort of 12, six beds one side and six the other. There are sort of divisions, but it is quite an open space. And it was about living together in community and the responsibilities and the challenges that that brings, learning the rules, listening to the leaders. There were a couple of very scary ones there, I have to say. And there was a little bit of role play about what happened, you know, when you had to stand at the end of your bed and have your inspections and all this sort of stuff. Um, you have to, apparently, if anybody's interested, you're probably not, you can forget this bit, but the, the one girl was in trouble uh, because she had not got three finger spaces between her wooden coat hangers 
in her wardrobe. Right? There is no way you can even get a finger space between my clothes in our wardrobe. But you've got wooden coat hangers, Connor has got to buy when he goes. Can't use ordinary ones, plastic ones, ones that you've picked up from uh, Tesco or Primark or whatever. You've got to have these wooden coat hangers, three fingers apart. Because she hadn't done that, she'd got to suffer the consequences and she'd got to go on, I think, a show parade, isn't it, to show that she could do it properly. But there are consequences if they don't do what they're told. Right? So they can go on show parade or work parade. And it takes up all of their time. I think sometimes we have got to think about the consequences of our actions when we don't do these things, when we're not guarding our heart, when we're not aligned with what God has got planned for us. Is supporting your leaders in this. They don't do it just because they're being horrible. Like they do it for a purpose and an end. And I'd encourage you within our church, support the leadership team. You know, pray with them. Yes, sometimes we make mistakes and get it wrong. But support your leaders. And then that leadership is passed on to others when they've learned how to do it. So, you know, live together in community. And finally, we went to the education block. They do a load of work. They do have Ofsted, I checked. Roy asked some questions about homework, but don't you have to spend your time together doing that? It was taking time and making the effort to learn the foundation so that you have something to build on. And that was the whole purpose of the education. And I thought, isn't that a great lesson for us? You know, take time to learn and build the foundations so that you've got something to grow on. Because they're saying this period is a period of preparation. It's tough, it's hard, and it's something we've got to go through for a long time as Christians, but then they're prepared to rise up, to go out, to do the job that they're trained for. And we need to do that, don't we? All the while, they're being prepared to share and to serve in honesty. You know, it's painful. And what I want... What I'd like you to do is to, you know, go beyond the facts, experience it, and practice. Above all else, guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. Be aligned with what God has planned for you and for our fellowship. Have courage, discipline, integrity, Loyalty, respect for each other, love each other, and selfless commitment. That's the hard one, isn't it? Selfless commitment. I'm just going to read to you again, just the final paragraph that was in here. Please, please guard your heart. It is the wellspring of life. Everything you do flows from it. It determines the course of your life. If you feed it rubbish, that will come out. What is this going to do to my heart is a great question to ask in any given situation. And the prayer at the end, Lord, I choose to guard my heart today. Let's pray. Just ask you very quietly and prayerfully yourself, to come to God, ask him to give you guidance and direction to align yourself with his will 
a plan and purpose to guard your heart, but to say, I choose to guard my heart today. I can't make that choice for you. You can only make it for yourself. Just a moment of quiet. Lord God, above all else, help us to guard our hearts so that we might have that wellspring within us. In Jesus' name, amen.